0: yo 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 welcome to riffs on tap episode number 27 Woo! how you doing riley i'm doing fucking great you're to riffs on tap my name is alejandro I've got my co-host here riley it is just a two-man show just the two of us it is just the two of us and it's kind of sad it's sad not having noah in the producer seat um so i'm, I'm taking over here sitting in the producer seat it feels weird It's different the room looks differently from from over here but we have a lot to talk about. We've been gone for some time now. What three weeks? Yeah, four like weeks. Three it's weeks. Like in three, four weeks, we, uh, you know, you were out of town. I had stuff going on. Uh, work was crazy. Uh, we're moving. We're still in the middle of moving. Almost done though. So if you if you happen to have listened to the hiatus update we had, we posted last week, giving you an update of where we were. Um, I mentioned how we'd be in a new space, but we are not, uh, not yet. Next week. Next week. We promise this time. Like, we're literally moving this weekend. We're going to get it done. And uh, we'll be in a new space next week. Which I'm excited for. It's going to be really, really fun. I'm
1: happy that we're all going to be in the same air in the same house. You know, no excuses. You know, I don't want to... <laughs> don't Be wanna,
0: like, hey, my bathroom blew up. Yeah, I can't I make it today. <laughs> I don't want to name
1: any names, but rhymes Uh. with rock
0: (laughs) rock couldn't make it tonight (laughs) he flooded his Uh. fucking
1: bathroom so
0: so that that was one of the going to be uh one of the new additions we had was uh uh brock was going to join us and sit in the producer chair um and be the third man on the team um which you guys will hear from him next week uh, a little bit um but uh yeah unfortunately couldn't be here today but yeah, with the new with the new situation, it'll be nice to just be like everyone gets home from work and it's like, all right, cool. You guys want to record? Everyone in good mood? All right, let's get into it. I mean, good mood is it doesn't matter. Never are. Yeah, as long as you have beer, like it's okay.
1: Beer makes everything better. Which?
0: What are we drinking today, Riley?
1: We are drinking Shiner nineteen oh nine. Which, just knowing off the top of my head, not reading the back of the bottle, <laughs> but it it's made using the same ingredients as the original nineteen oh nine. Uh, brew that they had so it's pretty good I love it I mean I love everything every, I, I can't talk <laughs> I've been away for 3 weeks I can't talk when I get back <laughs> uh, I love anything and everything from Shiner so
0: I'm enjoying this um I just I've I've had a couple sips of this beer so far and the one thing that stood out to me is I almost grabbed another beer I almost grabbed the Shiner Weiss and Easy which shiner been putting out a lot of a lot of different seasonal beers and oh, yeah. stuff but as I was grabbing that other beer, I just looked over and I was like, oh, 909 is cool black and white label. Beautiful bottle. Yeah, super cool bottle, super cool bottle cap. And I was like, whoa, fuck the Weiss and Easy. I'm going for that. And um, I believe I've, I've had this before. Um, so you've never been to the, the brewery, right, in Shiner? I have not, but that is like one of the top things on my bucket list. So uh, one of the cool things about going to that brewery is, one, the tour is free. Yeah. Two, They give you like two little tokens uh, and they have a, like a, a tap room there. And so you can just get whatever two beers you want. And um, one of them, I believe, was this 1909. Because I, I just, I don't remember the name, but they were like, oh, this is our original recipe beer. You yeah. know, you can only get it here. I guess it was popular enough where they were like, fuck it, we'll just release it, you know, to stores. And uh, I'm really happy they did. It's really good.
1: When it's a cool concept for a brewery to do is. I mean, Shiner's been around, I guess, since 1909. Uh, so, kind of a cool callback to the old style of beer they used to make. It tastes great.
0: I love it. Yeah, I like uh, it. You know, on the bottle, I mentioned though, it just—it's only a couple ingredients. They keep it simple. There's no, you know, a lot of beers nowadays. They—they they advertise like, oh, we got the orange peel and the lemon zest, and we got the allspice, and just keep it simple. Yeah, you know, and, and you know,
1: I get it. It's a simple lager. I mean, it's. Nothing too special flavor-wise, but it's just nice, refreshing,
0: crisp. Exactly. It's it's everything you'd want for a beer. Like, let's say you're watching a game or not. Yeah. Like, especially, like, this weekend, we've got playoffs, finally, for football. Yeah, the Raiders, hey. The fucking, the Raiders. (laughs) That fucking ending to the Chargers-Raiders game to end the season, the season finale, essentially.
1: Yeah, I almost shit myself. Holy, (laughs) I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. I, I mean, what, seven minutes left? We were up by... Two scores. I was like, oh, we got this game in in the bag. And then the Chargers pulled some Chargers
0: shit and came back. But luckily, we crushed their dreams and ended their season. So, recap me a little bit if you can. What was the situation with the tie versus the Raiders winning in last second? Do you, do you, yeah, so situation?
1: If so, whoever won that game was going to the playoffs. So, if anyone lost, uh, it would send them home. Uh, but if we would have tied, it would have sent Pittsburgh home, who had just been celebrating, obviously, because they won. They were making the playoffs. So if we would have tied, we would have fucked the Steelers because they wouldn't have gotten to the playoffs. Okay. And then, uh, obviously, it came down to a last-second field goal, and so I'm sure Steelers fans were on the
0: edge of their seat as well. But Yeah, that's because it, it's crazy how the Raiders easily could have just kneeled – yeah. And the Chargers and Raiders just shake hands. and be like, good game. we well, see you in the playoffs.
1: So there was 39 seconds left. I think we were on the 40-something yard line. It would have been like a 57-yard field goal for us. And we were thinking, we'll just run down the clock. We'll settle for a tie. We'll make the playoffs. And then the Chargers coach decides to call a timeout for us. We uh, run the ball, get 10 yards, timeout, kick a field goal, win the game. So the Chargers coach lost the game for them
0: right there. It's crazy how a timeout can be so instrumental in a win. Like, even you have like a situation where coaches will try to ice a kicker. Yeah. And they'll be like, all right, kicker's about to kick off, about to hike. Let's call the timeout. We'll ice him, which I've never been a fan of. I feel like, look, I, let it happen. Just let the kick happen. If he misses, he misses. If he makes it, he makes it.
1: So, I, I agree with both sides there. Like, most of the time it doesn't work, but there are. A good amount of times where it will work. He'll make the first one and then he's kind of gets nervous because he has to go back, warm up again. So it
0: it's kind of a coin toss. I know on Twitter people kept talking, referring to that timeout. They're referring back to uh the Chris Weber timeout. Yeah. Where uh in in the NCAA tournament where he called the timeout uh with no timeouts left. Yes. Yeah, so which in basketball
1: technical foul they get two free throws and the ball back.
0: yeah so it's a it's a big fuck up um and yeah no it's it was one of those mistakes where i'm just like come on man what are you thinking like what's? yeah i, I wonder if i'm i'm sure the coach had in his ear um the other coordinators or just talking with the other coordinators and being like aware of the situation a tie you both get in
1: yeah they were very aware. I mean, everyone was making it very apparent that if we tie, we both go to the playoffs. So that's why a lot of people were saying, just fucking tie, fuck the Steelers, uh, and we can both go. But I know the Raiders mentality is, fuck the Chargers, and that's pretty much the whole AFC West mentality is, we all agree on one thing, and it's fuck the Chargers. <laughs> For whatever reason, and I don't even know
0: why, like I, it's, just, <laughs> it's I kind know.
1: of always been a thing.
0: <coughs> I don't know, maybe it goes all the way back to the Phillip River days. Where it's like Phillip was Like he was Mr. December Like December was His yeah. fucking month And I don't know man He just never could get it together As a whole for the Chargers Like they no. were always They always had so many years where Man this team looks so good Like this is the When they chance. had
1: that one It was you know Phil Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson On offense They went 15-1 and one, Lost in the AFC Championship
0: Yeah And so I don't know The Chargers have never They've never caught a break They no. just Nah And they shouldn't Cause fuck them The team I'm actually super like rooting for right now is the Bengals. I am not because they're playing the Raiders. (laughs) I know they're playing the Raiders, but you're a Raiders fan now. I'm I'm a Lakers fan. You're a Raiders fan. You know, I just you know the Falcons were so close to making the playoffs. Just think about it. You're we lost our first like five games and we almost made the playoffs. You're You're
1: moving in. To a house with me, and we have to fuck with Brock. You have to become a Raiders fan, so it's two to one, and we outvote him. See, I feel like we're,
0: we're clearly all for light, for the Lakers. I get that. Yes, um, this is the only team we have in common. But you know, we got to have our disagreements. You know how I feel about the Chiefs, though. You know how I feel about Chiefs. Fuck the Chiefs! That's I went to I school. Think. I went to school with Pat. <laughs> like, I, I, Look, I have
1: I have the utmost respect for Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs organization. Can go fuck themselves.
0: So the Bengals are just y'all have a fucking game on your hands. Oh, y'all we do have a fucking game. The Bengals look dangerous. I and I wouldn't be surprised if we lost the
1: game. You know, at least we made we turned a shitty season. Just in turn, it was shit show of a season. We had one guy get arrested. <laughs> Our coach got he resigned, but he was going to get fired. We just had another guy get arrested for another DUI. Yep. It's just been. Uh, very roller coaster season for us. So I'm just happy that we made the playoffs.
0: Do you think all that would have happened if they were still in Oakland? Yes. Okay, damn. Okay. I
1: don't I don't think Vegas affects who a person is.
0: Yeah. I guess you I, can s- see I mean
1: that. we have two guys who are recovering addicts on the team. And they're our captains. Like they're <laughs> very important p- players for us.
0: Okay. But yeah, I can see that. I've been to Vegas multiple times, and I, I'm just, I'm the same person. It's just like, oh, cool, I can gamble yeah. now, or I can buy this or that that I couldn't buy before.
1: I'll say, I mean, there's more temptation obviously in Vegas than there yeah. is in Oakland. Uh, but I think if someone does something stupid like drinking and driving, they would have done that regardless of where they are.
0: Okay, I can see that. I can see that perspective. Um. So, yeah, Bengals is a tough matchup. Joe, Mur- Joe Burrow is looking really fucking good. Joe Mix is looking great. You know, Jer- all of his wide receivers are just fucking that, it's outstanding right now. Very high-powered offense. hmm Defense solid, too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other games this weekend. Uh, Cowboys play the 49ers. That's a for sure first, loss for the Cowboys. First
1: time since the 90s that they've played each other. Yep. And it'll, just, I think it'll be a good game.
0: Unlike the 90s, I think the Niners are going to come through and uh, I hope beat the
1: Cowboys. This is the fir- I mean, my brother's a 49ers fan, so I tend to root against them. But this is the first time I'm rooting for them in a while just because,
0: uh, fuck the Cowboys. I can't let Cowboys fans get any, you know, I, I can't let them get the satisfaction of a playoff win. Yeah. They're they're destined to be bad forever. That's exactly. just how it is. Cardinals-Rams should be a good game. That's Ooh, Monday. Fantastic game. Uh,
1: Patriots-Bills will be interesting.
0: That one's. Uh, I
1: think the Bills should run away with it, but it, I think it could be a very interesting game. Are they in Buffalo or in New England? Buffalo.
0: Okay, because I saw something on Twitter that it was going to be a very fucking cold game. It one.
1: will. I mean, either way, it would have been
0: a cold game, but yeah. Um, and then uh, the Bucks. Uh, did the Buck get a buy? Uh, they did not. The Packers got
1: the buy. Okay, they, they're playing the Eagles, which should That's a for be sure a win. very easy win. Yeah,
0: the Eagles don't belong there. I just, no. I, I do not understand the Eagles there. Like, I think that that last wild card play uh, spot should have gone to the Falcons if they would have won that game against the Bills or the Saints if they didn't shit the bet at the end of the season.
1: Saints had a, the only problem with the Saints is they don't have a quarterback. Taysom Hill's a decent player, but he's just not meant to be a starting quarterback in the NFL.
0: No, I'm not a big Taysom Hill guy, and if they and, had if they had Jameis, they would have made the playoffs. Oh, hundred percent.
1: Surprisingly, very good with Jameis Winston.
0: Jameis Winston, super fucking underrated. Look, I get he got kicked out of Tampa, you know, for his fucking thirty touchdown, thirty interceptions. Yeah, that's not the thirty for thirty you're looking for. <laughs> but he he had a second life at the start of the fucking season for the Saints. He was doing great. Like, I literally had him on my fantasy team because he was playing so fucking well. Well, it's
1: just crazy. I mean, Sean Payton does not get enough credit for how well he's been. At, and same with Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has only had, I think, one losing season in his career. I, I just... Those those guys don't get enough credit for how great they've been with shit shows of teams.
0: No, I, I completely agree. Um, this has been an interesting year for coaching. We've We've had... I feel like the most amount of coaches fired in in one season in yeah. a long time. You know, obviously, you know, the day after the season ends, you're, you're going to see a lot Black of Black Monday. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of coaches get fired. But we had a lot of one-year, uh, you know, coaches just out. The Texans Some, coach got fired this yeah, year. There
1: were uh, There's one specifically I did not agree with. I don't think Brian Flores from Miami should have been fired. Correct. The Miami Dolphins have been such a... They've been a player the last two years, like a playoff contender. I don't, I don't know how you fire him after he's turned that team around, but
0: and and I think uh, maybe maybe the GM was kind of looking at, look, they started the season really fucking shitty, but in those last nine games, they won eight of those nine games, and he proved he could turn the fucking team around, and they they almost made the fucking playoffs. They were, I think, a game away from the playoffs. Yeah, and and look, I get you didn't start off well, but you know, I feel like if you're gonna treat you know, Brian Flores that way, fucking you might as well fire Arthur Smith from the Falcons. Yeah. You know, he started off like shit and then yes, we had a little bit of, you know, momentum going, but then we just shit the bed the last two games and we lost our playoff chance. I
1: think there has to be more loyalty when it comes to coaching. You have to give someone a few years before they can actually make that culture change that they're looking for in the locker room.
0: I agree. No, I completely agree. So it, that's why it was so shocking to see so many first year coaches just or, or one year coaches just out this year the only exception which I think deserved to be fired was urban Meyer Ur, yeah fired. urban Meyer was just uh he's
1: not fit to be a coach in the NFL
0: no because the things that worked in college not just from like a, a playing standpoint and a play calling standpoint but the things the way he treated people that what worked in college does not translate to the NFL not at all And so, and I think we just saw that very openly of like, bro, like you you can't treat people like that. Like maybe in college you can get away with it, but like these are your employees, these are your coworkers now.
1: There's a difference in very few people have been able to make the change, but there's a difference when you're coming from college In college, you're trying to mold players into success. Essentially, you're trying to make them successful for the next level. In the NFL, they're at that fucking level. You're not trying to mold anyone. You're trying to bring them together and win games. But he just couldn't make that transition. I'm surprised uh, Cliff Kingsbury was able to make that transition. The Cardinals had a very good year. I think they're the three seed. They're definitely looking like a team that's on the rise.
0: I think the thing that helps Cliff is that Cliff is always... He, he's He was a quarterback. He became yeah. a fantastic quarterback coach. You know, he coached, you know, the likes of Johnny Menzel, Baker Mayfield, um, Davis Webb. I know he's not that great, but he was great in college. Yeah. And um, as well as Pat, you know, he, he's great with quarterbacks. So having Kyler as your quarterback, you can you can get by really well. Yeah. Because Kyler carries the team. You know, he, He's a great leader and Cliff knows how to mold and teach leaders um, like that. They have a strong quarterback. The defense obviously was really good this year too. It was. it was really fucking good. And so I think it just shows, you know, he has a good, te- you know, good coordinators around him and I think that's what's carrying him forward. Um but I'm happy to see Cliff do well. You know, I'm not a huge Arizona guy, but um, I'm really happy you know Cliff's tech grad and you know former tech coach so I gotta keep supporting him and, and I'm I mean I, to see his success
1: I support him now I think he seems like a good guy he's a very good coach he obviously knows the X's and O's and shit I just I didn't expect much from him just because the, the scheme he runs more of a spread offense never under, under center
0: it usually doesn't work in the NFL but he's somehow made it work yeah, Kyler was just a perfect match for him honestly I think that's what it's it's helped hide a lot of their um, their issues and and some of their problems. Having someone as talented as Kyler really h- helps hide some of that. Um, Another football news. Go to the
1: college level. Fucking Georgia beat Alabama. I'm so happy, man. <laughs> Holy oh, shit.
0: Oh, man. I hate Alabama, man.
1: So I was telling... I was out with Bradley and Brock. And we were watching the game. And... Um, Bradley asked me, you know, who I would bet on. And I said, I would bet on, I'm rooting for Georgia. But if I was to put money down, I would put money down on Alabama because Alabama is so fucking good. Luckily, Georgia somehow pulled something out of their ass that Alabama couldn't get shit going on offense. And they just of sort of ran away with the game. Not really, but it was...
0: Yeah. The first half, you know, because I was there for that first half and it was just nothing happened it was it felt like a stalemate the whole time and it wasn't until the second half things actually started getting going
1: yeah. when you saw i mean georgia i think could have got a lot more points but just had drive stall out or something which happens uh their defense stepped the hell up and i'm very happy for georgia
0: no very much so. like i i me my hatred for alabama comes from the national championship game against ut where Colt McCoy goes down in the fucking third play of the game. Yeah. And, you know, Alabama goes to run up the score. And I'm just like, look, you took out our best player. Now you're going to run up the score against us. Come on. Yeah. Just you take your fucking win and move on. I don't know why you got to be such a fucking dick about it.
1: They did that against Notre Dame, too. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, but like, over, as I've gotten older, I've gained a lot of respect for Nick Saban. I, I have a
1: ton of respect for Nick Saban as a coach. He's a, obviously a fantastic coach. What he won six seven national championships mm-hmm. fantastic coach uh always has. he has his players back as you saw in the, there was a press conference yeah after. very good video yeah. um i have nothing against him as a person or as a coach it's just i'm tired of seeing them fucking win all the time
0: no i agree with you and uh the video that you mentioned i i thought it was such a great video is was uh, the the post-game conference and uh, they're talking with Nick Saban and, and two of his best players there It was Bryce Young and uh your player on defense Will Anderson yeah Will Anderson and um they dismissed the players so they can just talk to Nick Saban he was like no 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 stay here I have a couple more things to say and Nick Saban just you know told him you know look this is one bad game these are two great individuals and and you know I really appreciate everything he had to say about his players cuz
1: and that's something that he didn't have to do he wasn't expected to do it was just it was the right thing to do and I'm glad he did.
0: Yeah, and I, that's why, like, no matter, you know, what happens, you can't take away that Nick Saban's the winningest and greatest coach in college football. Yeah. You cannot take that away from him. And so that's why I do have a lot of respect that his play he really does back his players and support his players. Um, And, you know, fucking no one can beat him. No. You know, it's hard to beat that man. Very hard. Um, But, yeah, no, it, it, there just was a few games in my history that I'm just like, fuck, man, like, come yes. on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, college football's all done. Now we're moving it, you know, with football in the playoffs. Now we've got college basketball coming up, and I have to talk about this because it just doesn't happen. Number nineteen ranked Texas Tech Red Raiders Saturday beat number six Kansas, and it's it's a great win. It's a great win. It's a win at home. So we have the home crowd backing us. Fantastic. We go into Tuesday's game playing against number one Baylor, undefeated. Only one of two undefeated teams in the country. What do we do? Destroy them, fucking beat them. Tech has been a very good basketball
1: program for the last few years, and I don't understand why or how, but it's just they got the right coach, and they're starting to recruit some good players. Texas is a very
0: good recruiting base for basketball, surprisingly, but it is a hundred percent. And I so this team is interesting because. Uh, a lot of the players from last year, we kept a lot of the, the graduate transfers and a lot of the senior players yeah. from last year because they don't really have a lot of eligibility left, so they couldn't transfer out. Um, last season, we lost Coach Beard. Uh, he was really the reason why Texas Tech was put on you know uh, the national level for basketball.
1: Got a, got a great replacement, though.
0: Yeah, his replacement, which I was unsure about going into the season, has been fantastic. Yeah. And he's taken, you know, that what coach Beard started and has pushed it forward. A lot of senior players, a lot of players in their final year for this team. Um I think I mean something that I love about these like non blue
1: chip programs, which that means it's like a basketball run program, you know, mm-hmm. you have your Kentuckys, your Dukes whatnot but you know with Texas Tech or Villanova's always been the top Gonzaga yep. they're always able to keep players for longer because it's not a huge school it's not a huge national media school but they're able to keep more players two three four seasons and it helps build chemistry within that program so obviously by year four they're able to win that's how I think Villanova went to the national championship two years yeah, in a row every
0: three to four years Villanova is there ready yeah. to win a championship.
1: They're just not in the national spotlight. So these players aren't getting seen as much, not recruited as much as someone from Kentucky, uh, which, I mean, you're seeing more of those schools start to make huge runs in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, I'm happy about it because uh, I know there was a period of time where when you talked about college basketball, you always talked about the ones, that, the one and done's. Mm-hmm. They get their one year college eligibility, head off to the draft. And it doesn't make a bit college basketball not fun because gotcha. it just you, you can't follow a team and a player's development. They're there because they have to be there. Yeah.
1: And you don't I mean you don't get those rivalries that you used to. Like uh North Carolina Duke is just not the same game because it's different players every fucking year.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so it's nice seeing these teams like a Villanova, like a Texas Tech, um, you know, your smaller schools, you know, Wichita State's always there, one of those schools. Where yeah, you're getting a lot of development of players and development of teams. Yeah, it's not about the star player or whatever. It's this team mentality, um, and it's been fun. I'm super excited for for March Madness coming up, and uh, just college basketball has been so fucking fun to watch.
1: It has been. I mean, because you're seeing more of those. Your Kentucky and Duke aren't dominating anymore. They're you can take them down pretty easily.
0: Yeah. It it's been um, the Big Twelve has always been strong in basketball. Baylor the past few years have been so dominant. Kansas is always there. UT's so up and down. There they have moments where it's like, wow, this team is unbeatable, and then they just lose to these absolute no name schools that are just like, what's going on here? But the Big Twelve is always exciting to watch. You're you're always going to see a good game when you watch the Big Twelve. Oh,
1: yeah. Big Big Twelve and ACC, or er, mm-hmm. have some very good fucking matchups.
0: No, a hundred percent. Um. All right, there was, we had a list of things we want to talk about today. Um. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna lead to you if you're down to it. I want to hear about the Chicago trip. Uh. If you're uh, if you're uh, if you're down to talk about that. Yeah, I mean
1: Chicago. Uh, I recommend anyone go at least visit the city. I would never. Li- I I like San Antonio too much. I would never move from San Antonio, or at least Texas in general. Great city, very fun. Uh, a lot of bars. The bars are open. Uh, some of them, most of them, are open till four in the morning. Some five. So you have all night to drink, which is scary. Because when I was working at the golf course, you know, I'd <laughs> wake up for work at four in the morning. So if I was living in Chicago, I'd be waking, uh, not waking up. I'd be at the bar, <laughs> straight from the bar to work. So that's very scary. But it's a fun city. We did a lot. Saw the bean. Saw had a bunch of shit the fucking lake michigan or whatever um just kind of toured around and shout out sammy and mary great hosts they showed us a good time i had a lot of fun though me and noah did
0: did you go to uh what's the pier called there oh the uh uh navy pier navy pier Did you get yeah. to go hang on navy pier
1: uh we didn't uh i had went this is my second time in chicago um I went with my brother, brother-in-law, and my dad. We went and saw Navy Pier and stuff, but uh, we didn't go this time.
0: It's uh, Navy Pier's really fun in the summertime. It, Is it? There's a lot more to do in the summertime, that's yeah, for sure. But it's so pretty out there. It you know. It's a, it's beautiful. We was started snowing.
1: We just started walking in the... Obviously, no one was driving. Just started walking in the middle of the road. Oh, played, yeah, I saw your Snapchat. Playing music, yeah. fucking around. <laughs> uh, yeah it's
0: yeah it, it from all the pictures and videos i saw it looks super fucking pretty with the snow it's sure. beautiful um man what was I gonna ask? I, yeah chicago is such a fucking fun city uh i appreciate the canal that just runs through the city as well yeah um i don't know man it just it's it's cool a lot of movies get shot in chicago because it's a great backdrop for uh it is for a lot of movies um, I know uh, one of the last times I was there in Chicago was pooh man fucking like ten years ago like way 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 back when, um, we saw they were filming some movie and we we're like trying to figure out what it was. Uh, it was one of the Transformers movies. Yeah, yeah. Cause we saw that some of the cars like covered up and everything. I was like, dude, that's fucking Bumblebee right there. <laughs> that's he. It's him. Let's let's, let's let's go talk to him. And we did go. We
1: saw the uh, like bridge or whatever that they drove under in Dark Knight.
0: That's right. Dark Knight was also. Dark Knight was filmed in Chicago. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I like the architecture also as well. Oh, the architecture is amazing. It's super fucking cool. Uh, food. Did was there anything exciting? You ate uh, pizza, burgers, anything? Anything exciting you want to talk about?
1: Uh, we ate mostly at like, I don't want to say sound fancy or anything. We ate at some high class restaurants and shit. That's cool though. Shit that I usually couldn't afford, but I luckily planned for this trip. So. <laughs> But it, uh, last time I went, it was more more of the you know we had our blue ballnatis and yep. whatnot. Uh, but there's some great food in Chicago. I'd say one of the top five food cities in the U.S. for sure.
0: Dude, that's fucking dope, man. I oh man, I'm I as you know, I'm a big fucking foodie, man. I everyone should. Be. I'll travel for food. Yeah. Um, like you know, when you guys were telling me about the Chicago trip uh, a few weeks ago, I was like. Man, I just want to go just take, like, a weekend trip to Chicago because you can get from San Antonio or Austin to Chicago is very, like, you can get cheap tickets. Oh, yeah. I just want to go for a weekend. Just go get a pizza, watch a fucking Cubs game, and come back. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, dude, 100%, man. Like, in the summer or uh, late summertime, oh, be fucking good little weekend trip. I'd love to do that. Um, I'm trying to think what else is going on. Um... So actually, I do I do have one thing I want to talk about because uh, I know I had alluded to before. So I, I've been talking to this person. Well, I guess I'm not talking to this person anymore because um, their opinions were, were very controversial. <laughs> so how would you describe your music taste? If, if someone just asks you, you know, let's say you're, you're talking to someone new, and they're like, oh, what type of music do you like listening to? How would you respond to that? I mean, my music taste is random as shit.
1: I would say my most popular genre to listen to is more like red dirt country kind of independent country sort of stuff uh but fuck i mean listen to everything it's it's a hard for someone like you know me or you or noah it's a very hard question to answer just because we literally
0: listen to everything yeah exactly which is a fair answer you know your your answer is open and positive yeah, it's you know, I'm, I'm down to listen to anything. Yeah, I do have a couple of genres I like, but I was talking to a person and the topic came up of music. I was like, well, let me see what their music taste is like. So I asked, you know, what type of music do you like? And they said, well, it's complicated. And I said, well, that's a good answer. Um, i love to hear, you know, you, you listen to classical jazz and then you follow it up with dubstep or yeah. something crazy. I'm like, tell me about it. Tell me. About it. I want to hear. I want to hear. I was like explain more what type of music Do you like and they're like why well, like These artists and I was like Okay and they said but I do have an exception I don't like any Music by men So of course I have to Ask well what do you mean And they said Any music by men I hate Their their songwriting it's Not that's, believable that's so Dumb and I was like, what do you mean it's not believable? And every pop artist has fucking music lyrics that are not believable. Yeah. And they expounded, there's like, I just don't like men and I just don't like their music. I think it sucks. And I was like, that's a very like black and white statement there. So like,
1: she doesn't like the Beatles. She doesn't like Bob Dylan, Elton John. <laughs>
0: I listed a bunch of
1: artists. All of these, and I mean, Elton John wrote "Rocket Man" about like becoming sober. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? Not believable, <laughs>
0: exactly. And like, I was
1: most I, of these people were. Very, it's a very personal song. <laughs> "Let It Be" is a very personal song,
0: exactly. And so I was, I listed off artists, and and they were just like, "Nope, I just don't like it. It's not good." And I was like, "Okay, so like, do you just do you do you not like it from like a songwriting point? Because that was a point you made." Or do you think the music itself is trash? Or like, like what? Like I'm, I'm just trying to better understand what you mean. And they were just like any music by men. I just don't like it. And I don't. I mean,
1: I can understand if you. For me, I would say I listen to more male artists than female artists, just because I relate to the lyrics more. However, I still listen to female artists because there's some fucking great female artists.
0: Like I would exactly.
1: But I, I get. Like that kind of viewpoint, I just don't get not listening to a certain gender at all.
0: I know. It it, it shocked me hearing that response. I was just like it just like immediately that's where I was like, You're closed minded. Yeah. You 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 need to have more of I get it if they're they're problematic male singers. I understand yeah. that. You have your R. Kellys out there, your Tory lanes and shit. I get it. But to just completely write off a whole gender. That's unacceptable. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, you need to, like... You would never
1: catch me not listening to the fucking Aretha.
0: Yo, dude, fucking... Dude, there's so many fucking female artists that, like... I just can't... Like, I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I got mad respect for Taylor Swift. She's got some bangers. She's extremely fucking talented. She got bangers. There are songs I, I have issues with, of course, but... Even, you know, very super controversial artists, I'm like, nah, man, I gotta give you a prop. I just pushed one
1: of my top five five country artists right now is Caitlin Butts, uh, Wife of Cleto. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just pushed her into my top five favorite country artists because she put out a banger of a song. Oh, man. What song? Just by herself? Yeah, it's called Marfa Lights. It's highly recommend listening to it. Beautiful song. But she's just got a badass
0: voice. No, yeah, there, there's, I don't know, for us, because... Dolly Parton. Oh, Dolly don't Parton. do listen to Dolly Parton. Oh, Parton. <laughs> Dude, Dolly Parton's fucking lit. I don't know, you can name so many universally praised artists on both genders, yeah. and I'm just like it just seemed like such a black and white statement that I was like,
1: you're telling me you haven't cried to hurt by Johnny Cash.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's such an emotional song.
1: They're they're, there. Tell me you don't believe that song after you hear him sing that.
0: (laughs) So, so I, so I'll, I'll leave this into a question then. Are there any songs that you have? You may have too many emotions tied to, or may just be too emotional that you don't go back to listen to. Do you have any songs like that?
1: No, uh no, not really so there I mean there are songs that I'll skip in a, at a certain time just because I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna fucking cry to this or something, yeah, uh, but for the most part i I don't really listen to music emotionally, that makes sense, yeah which is I, fine. It'll, it it'll hit me emotionally, but for the most part, I just listen because I think it's a great song, I love music, I love the lyrics or the band or whatever I don't know but it's, I don't tie a ton of emotion to songs, but yeah, there are certain times and certain songs that I'll be like, I got to skip this right now.
0: Yeah, for me, there's a couple songs that I just like, I have either emotions tied to or the lyrics are just too close to what I'm feeling where I'm like, whoa, I will probably cry if I actually like listen to the song or whatever. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Uh, It just depends on my mood too also as well. There are some days where I, I can tell I'm definitely more emotional yeah. and songs will hit me. And it's always weird. I feel like, and I don't know if you feel the same, I feel like you'll find certain songs and artists when you need them most. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's just there. Uh, I know I was I was dealing with some stuff uh, recently and I started getting into the Beatles and I'd never been a huge Beatles fan and I started getting into them and I just felt like I found certain songs that I was like, Wow, of their huge catalog, I happened to listen to these couple songs and I was like, wow, this is exactly what I'm feeling. Like, yeah, I, I, and this song's fucking a banger and I, I make sense. It's like they understand what I'm going through. And
1: that's the thing that kind of drew me into music when I was young was just like, there's so many different emotions that you can feel from so many different songs. It's just, it feels like they're writing a song for you specifically. Exactly. And that's just, and, I love that there's a hundred different interpretations of a song. I could listen to Hey Jude and feel one thing. You could listen to Hey Jude and feel another like there's no one specific emotion that everyone's gonna feel when they listen to a song.
0: I think the the song that really stuck out to me when i was I was listening listening to The Beatles and it sucked cause i haven't seen I haven't seen the movie which shares a title is yesterday, yeah, like that song I'm always like. Ah, oh, I don't know. It just bring it brings a lot of emotion to me because I'm just like that. That one gets me too. Yeah, because it's just like you know, yesterday it was all this and that, and now it's like you fucking face the reality. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh man, I'm like, it makes you really like want to enjoy and appreciate certain moments because you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring to you. Hmm. Um. But yeah, man, fucking, I, I don't know. We we started this podcast because we love. We both really love music. Yeah. Um. But we we have never really gotten into the nitty-gritty um, like this before. But yeah, music is so... It's just, emotions. it's just so universal. Yeah, it's... it's Everyone can connect to a song or an artist and it brings about different emotions. And, yeah. Um, that's why I always tell people, like, don't ever, like, have a closed mind with music. Just try a new artist because, what, you wasted a minute of your time? Two yeah. minutes. if you don't time. like it,
1: you don't like it. That's fine, but at least at least expand and look for other stuff. I mean, I know I've introduced you and Noah to some country that you probably wouldn't have otherwise listened to. You guys have introduced me to a shit ton of music. It's just something that you have to be open about it. You have to actually listen to something and give it a chance before you can say, Oh, I don't like this.
0: Dude. I did not think I would own Charlie Crockett merch before we started this podcast. I did not know who that person was. And I've seen him fucking four times, three times. I own merch from him now. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah it's. I've it, I've been so appreciative of all the new music that you guys have showed me. I went to a fucking rave. <laughs> oh, dude, that's right, man. <laughs> fucking. I would have never gone to a rave. <laughs> oh man, um, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool. It's cool to just experience and learn about other music. It is like so. So coming up, I don't think we've mentioned it today yet. Is. Uh, We're in the middle of trying to get tickets to go see Turnpike Troubadours.
1: Turnpike Troubadours. They're
0: finally back together. They're playing shows.
1: And obviously, they're going to be playing a lot more shows. But these are just the first ones that they're coming out with. Uh, I tried to get tickets, pre-sale tickets Wednesday. I thought that would be better. I was like, I'm sure I'll get some, right? Uh, No, they sold out in a minute. (laughs) That's how popular Turnpike Troubadours is. (laughs)
0: I, I, so I don't know, I'm sure you follow their Twitter account, you've seen their recent tweets and I was looking through it in preparation for the pre-sale. Yeah. And I I love how humble they are. They're like, very, they're like, so we're going to, we're going to do one show in Red Rocks and uh, we're going to see how it goes. And then they, obviously the reception was huge. They sold out instantly and they're like, so we decided, you know, I think it'd be okay if we do three more shows and like, we're going to get these locations, which (laughs) is. One of them being in Holodis, Texas at Flores County Stores.
1: It's a, which if you don't know what Flores is, it's one of the biggest, or not biggest, one of the most famous spots for Texas country artists to play. That and like Whitewater are huge for, if you play one of those and you sell it out,
0: you're doing great in life. Which is crazy that they didn't go to Whitewater. Flores is small. No, they will. And so that's why I'm hoping yeah. we we will get to see him. But I just think it's crazy that the floors is just small. We saw Charlie Crockett there a few months ago, and it's small. Yeah. And so that's why I, I know it's going to sell out, and I hope we get tickets. But it's just crazy they're doing th- they're doing the They've, three shows they announced, the Red Rock show, and then a festival. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but, but
1: I'm I'm so just happy. So again, you said they were. Hum- I mean, they're very humble people. That's. Most of what you'll get in the independent country scene is just very humble. They work for everything they have. They're not signing with these big ass labels just to try to get famous. That's kind of what's drawn me to that independent scene because you don't have all these big ass egos that you're trying to deal with.
0: Yeah. They didn't come out of retirement and being like, all right, bitches, we're fucking here. fucking World tour 900 stops. They were like, let's test the waters. Yeah. Try a couple shows. Their let's first, their
1: first post was just like, Hey, we're playing a show at Red Rocks.
0: Yeah. It was fucking <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much you, you've looked into it before, but I was doing more and more research on them. Cause you know, I'm not as familiar with them. Yeah. And, um, a lot of fans had speculated before they announced the Red Rocks show that something was going down because yeah. they deleted all their Instagram posts. They cleared out the website and just put coming soon on there. Yeah, And, um, I, I always appreciate when the hardcore fans deep dive into stuff like that. I was like, did you guys notice you changed his profile picture on oh, Twitter? Don't, don't worry. I was one of those. Yeah. No, no. I love that. I <laughs> fucking love that shit because it's like, that's how you know you're, like, you're a fucking true fan. You're like the profile picture changed. you see the tweets that they liked? Like, Oh shit. Like shit's going down.
1: When it, I mean, we are talking about, you know, relatable lyrics and shit. If you want to hear some real shit, listen to turnpike. Chubito. I mean, Evan Felker is in my opinion, one of the top five songwriters of all time. Like, he is fan-fucking-tastic, hasn't put out a bad song yet, and they're all written by him and the band. Uh, But, yeah, I'm excited that they're back. I'm hoping they put out some new music soon. Uh, Evan Felker's sober. One of the other guys is completely sober as well. They're doing great in life. Just get this shit going again. So,
0: did you end up getting your ACL ticket after all? Uh, No, I have not yet. Okay, well, uh, well, you won't be able to now because uh, oh, yeah. of the, um, what's it called? The, the layaway plan, whatever's closed currently. They'll reopen it up again in April or so. That's so, when I'll get it then. Yeah, I would say get the at least the layaway plan so you don't have to drop all that money at once. Yeah. But um, Coachella just dropped their lineup, which we can get into in a little bit. Um, but what if Turnpike was like, hey, Jordan <laughs> Strait did real well last year. What if the ACL people were like, but what about if we get Turnpike at ACL? Honestly, I would not be surprised.
1: They would not. They wouldn't be a headliner, but they they'd be like right before the headliner. But uh, they in in Texas, I don't, I don't care who you are, you're gonna buy a fucking ACL ticket to go see Turnpike Troubadours.
0: I I think that this past year really showed that ACL fans are loving country music.
1: They are. They, John John parties. I. I Sad, I didn't get to. I wasn't there early enough. I didn't get to go see him. But John Party, I heard. Fucking. Uh, I can't speak. <laughs> no, he outperformed everyone. Essentially, he everyone went to go see him.
0: So, so I've been going to ACL for like. You're gonna 10, have to take like, that out. <laughs> no, we're, we're leaving that shit in. Uh, we um, I've been going to ACL for like ten straight years, and it's mostly. Uh, indie alternative, up-and-coming artists, you you get your big names for your headliners, uh, one to two big rappers, one to two EDM artists, and never any country artists. Yeah. But there's been a shift, and it seems to be very positive. Even,
1: I mean, Charlie, I'm surprised at how many people were at Charlie.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's showing the festival organizers, uh, C3, it's like C3 Entertainment or whatever, because they also do Lollapalooza, that Look, open up ACL to a couple more country artists. Yeah. The crowds are going to come out for them. And that's more ticket sales, which means you can then get bigger artists and more artists.
1: When the the country artists, they're the ones people are dancing to. You're going to go, you're here fucking. I'm trying to think of a Charlie song you can dance to. You can't really
0: dance to any of his songs. His songs are hard to dance to. Yeah. They're 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 great vibes. You vibe along yeah. to a lot of his songs. Sing along to a lot of his the
1: There's a lot of George Strait songs you can dance to though. So those you'll you'll go see George Strait, just you'll be like, I wonder who this is or whatever. I mean everyone should know who he is. But yeah. Someone like that, you'll hear a song and you're like, Oh shit, this is kind of vibey. I could I could dance with my girlfriend to this or a random girl.
0: So, I definitely think that ACL is definitely going to be uh, more open to having um, country artists, which is fucking awesome, because I get to learn about new music. Yeah. Um, as well as we're getting a whole new crowd of people. It's not the same. We, we just mix it up, and it, it's, a good, it's a good bit of diversity there. Um, but, yeah, there's the chance. There's a the possibility we get some Turnpike Troubadours uh, at hope ACL. I so. Um, so I did mention earlier we uh, a second ago that about the Coachella lineup. I don't know if you looked at it at all at all um, earlier today. So they announced it earlier. I did not. So your three headliners, which oh, I love all three of these people so much. We have Mr. Harry Styles, which I was fortunate to see him uh, last year. So good. Uh, Billy Eilish, she's gonna headline festivals for the rest of her career. Yes, that's so just how it is. And she's and only what? She's Eighteen only, years old? She's twenty-two, I think. Is she twenty? No, she's not. No, no, no. She's she she's 19, like 19, she's 19, yeah. 19, 19. Uh, I was thinking of the Vogue interviews. I'm like, how many years has she done that Vogue interview? Yeah. Um, and then your Sunday headliner, Mr. Ye, Kanye West, uh, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, Ye. yeah. Um, but you you look through the lineup here. So looking at Friday. Harry Styles will headline. You got Lil Baby, always great. Uh, Daniel Caesar, he's fantastic. Phoebe Bridgers, not a huge fan, honestly. I just didn't like the way she handled things at ACL. Yeah. Big Sean's always great. Uh, Louis the Child, Baby Keem, uh, City Girls, Maddie On, Lane no 8. Noah up there? Uh, let me see. I don't think he is. I don't I'm, think ex- ex- I'm excited. Idol, uh, idols is going to be there. Ooh, so excited for that. The Maria's Carly Ray Jepsen, uh, Bishop Briggs, Micah, Micah's back. Mika, he's back. I'm excited about that. Slow Tie, Corday, Bad, Bad, Not Good, which will be fucking lit. They're so good. Hokey Monsters, The Regrets, they're really good. Um, Gigi McCree. Uh, and then Saturday, you got Flume, Megan Thee Stallion, Disclosure, 21 Savage, Danny Elfman. Can you believe Danny Elfman? Gonna bring a whole orchestra out there he's gonna just fucking play bangers you on uh brock hampton rich brian wallows isaiah rashad he's, he's a big big following for isaiah rashad kuko chami it, 100 gex freddie gibbs and madlib it's like oh hot chip there's so many good fucking artists like it just like every artist is fucking good on this lineup and uh if this is just like a taste if we, if we can just get like a little bit of this at acl i think it'll be be really really fucking good uh, Maggie Rogers is gonna be there. That's crazy.
1: You, have you ever heard of Bottle Rock?
0: No. Who's Bottle Rock?
1: No. It's a it's a music festival in Napa Valley. Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, looking the line. Noah Kahn's gonna be there. But I'm looking at the lineup. You got Metallica, Buckle Pink, Pink Twenty One Pilots, which I know you don't like, but Luke Combs, Kygo, Pitbull, Greta Van Fleet. Pitbull's gonna be there. Is yeah. it worldwide? <laughs> Rainbow Kitten Surprise. I don't know if you ever listened to them. They're, They're good. good. Bleachers.
0: Ooh, Bleachers. Vance Joy.
1: Vance Joy's fantastic. Obviously, Noah Khan's going to be there. He's got a good fucking lineup.
0: In Napa Valley. Ooh. Dude, I don't know, man. We're Skip Marley, Allie, and AJ. Oh, my God. Skip Marley was actually really lit to see live. Me and Noah were vibing out, man. All yeah. the stoners were there. Got a good lineup. We yeah. Might have to go to fucking Napa Valley in May. Oh, dude, man. happy fucking go get lit. some wine. Oh, dude, that that seems like a cool location for a fucking uh, oh, yeah. for a festival. Um. So the Coachella looks fucking fire when we started about that. Uh, well, we and
1: that's the thing. I knew last year's lineups were going to be a little weaker just because it was kind of the heart of COVID when they announced everything. So you are going to have artists that are going to say, I'm not going to play that. This year, I think now that, I mean, we're still in it, but kind of towards the end of yeah. all the panic and everything Mm -hmm. i think you're gonna have a lot more artists willing to
0: come out the thing i'm excited about is i want more international artists um one of the artists that really stood out to me on the coachella lineup was hot chip are you familiar with who hot chip is i am not they are a group from england um they they make i guess kind of dance pop music um so stuff you hear on the radio but a little more dancey and stuff and um they, they're just a fun fucking group to listen to, and I've always wanted to see them live. Yeah. All of their albums are bangers, and I'm just like, please, please, please come to ACL. Just come to America. Please play your music, which I just learned today. So, I bought a vinyl. I mentioned, uh, I had mentioned earlier today, I bought uh, uh, one of my favorite albums, uh, McCartney 2, Paul McCartney's second solo album. He yeah. did... All the vocals, the drums, the guitar, the bass, the instrumentals. Since the he did everything by himself, he did no help. And um, that album is uh, helped inspire Hot Chip for a lot of their songs. Okay, um, it was like it came out in 1980, and that was one of those albums that like pushed the sound of pop music in the 80s. And and at the time of release, people were like, "This album's garbage," but on retrospect, people are like, "Whoa, he was doing stuff that no other artist was doing." Or they weren't gonna do until later and uh it was definitely a big inspiration. Well and
1: that's I mean one thing I think people don't understand about some of that classic I don't not classic rock but classic music. So you have you know, your the Beatles were transcendent for sound and music. The you had Genesis who kinda introduced synth drums to everyone. You had Aha who were one of the biggest pop bands they would be a lot bigger now. <laughs> you have a, a lot of people listening to Take On Me Now, right? It's yeah. a very popular song. Uh, Tears for Fears. Oh, Tears so for good. Fears was very influential in today's pop music. I think you just have all those, those kinds of bands that they were popular then, but they would be a lot bigger now because that kind of sound is what influenced today's music
0: hundred percent, and that's why like we like our specific genres of music, but I think we can both agree that we have a lot of uh, we have, I, I have a lot of respect for pop music, yeah. And some people may shit on pop music because like oh, it just shoots what's on the radio. I'm like, no, 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 it's it's pop music because it's popular, and it is not just it didn't just come out of nowhere. A lot of it is inspired by a lot of the older stuff, yeah. Even if uh, I don't know if you had time to listen to it yet, but The Weeknd <coughs> just put out a new album. I have not listened to it yet hundred percent at least listen to the intro and finale um the the theme of the album is really fucking good it's called dawn fm it is like you're listening to a old school radio station and you're just kind of tuning through the 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 radio being like oh what's this radio station it's hosted and narrated by jim carrey and it's just soothing voice comes through of just like Hey, welcome to Dawn FM. You're listening to an hour of commercial-free radio. Yeah. And it just, it's its a good th- theme to the album. And it is 80s pop music. It's 80s synth pop all the way through. The weekend's vocals are fantastic. The production's fantastic. Um, it is just such a wonderful album. But it's because of these bands in the 80s. Yeah. And uh, that's why I was like, don't fucking shit on pop music. Because it's no. popular. It's popular for a reason it's good.
1: And you have to be able to have that open mind to go back to listen to those bands and say, oh, this is why this sound became popular. Phil Collins is the reason that we have the
0: the popularity of the synth drums. Dude, the, the synth drums and the reverb drums were revolutionary yeah. fucking discoveries of just like wait like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Vox as a series where they look at certain tracks or sounds and they dissect what what makes them popular, what's going on and they have a whole video about the sound of the 80s, about how Genesis developed the the reverb drums. Yeah. and how they created that sound and it was crazy when they first created it because it was an accident. And then everyone was like, "Whoa, that sounds really cool!" Yeah. And everyone was intentionally trying to d- remake that sound. But if you ever hear, go watch that video on Vox. It's a sound called the sound of the '80s. When you hear reverb drums, you'll be like, "Oh, I've heard this in every current pop song." Yeah, because yeah, it's it's a popular sound. It's really cool. It's the better way to do drums.
1: And there's a reason, like in the air tonight. It's one of the it has one of the most iconic drum solos if you can call it that it's two seconds of but it's just the reason it's so iconic is that synth sound like if it was just a regular drum playing like it you would think nothing of it
0: yeah and that's that's the one thing I've I've learned through I know I haven't played a ton with the guitar but I've done a lot of studying of just like it's important to understand the difference between having drums recorded as they are uh, and um, having a, a specific effect on them, um, because for rock music, you're listening to Greta Van Fleet, you want clear, crisp yeah. drums. That is what makes the sound pop. Yeah. But for pop music, having that reverb that fill that it fills the air in a certain way it exactly. makes it spacey.
1: Sounds better with the vocals and mm-hmm. and the it's a It's a completely different sound and. Mm -hmm. that's what that pop is looking for
0: and so even going with guitars do you want the guitar to sound metallic um you know if you're listening to Metallica or van halen you want it to feel metallic and twingy. country music you want it that acoustic feel to it that acoustic Um,
1: feel you want that
0: the twang that you get from the steel guitar mm mm-hmm And, um, but yeah, it's, it's the discovery. It's so crazy looking back at music and being like, whoa, this is where they discovered this shit. Like no one was playing the (laughs) instrument this way. No one was recording this way. Like I learned recently from, uh, the Beatles, how they did uh, layered vocals. So nowadays, if you're a producer and you wanted to layer vocals, it's probably a plugin on your DAW and you can layer out your vocals. But back in the day, uh, I think it was Paul, he was talking about an interview, how he would have to record a line, sing the melody. And what he would do is he would stop the recording, take two inches back from the mic, record the same thing exactly how he did it before. Stop it. Go two more inches away from the mic. And he yeah. did that four or five times. And that's how they layered vocals. Nowadays you can fucking do it instantly. yeah. But that sound is still iconic and important. And it's what gives vocals a, uh, a feel as if there's a group singing rather than just an individual.
1: And that's crazy. Like if I don't want to say there's not innovative stuff now, right? Cause there obviously still is, but it's just crazy how innovative bands then were because they had to be, they didn't have the technology to layer the vocals or to synthesize the drums. Like it was just, it was all they had to figure out a way to do this shit. I know somewhat, I can't remember what band off to look it up, bring it back up next week. There was a band, uh, they're playing the guitar and it just didn't sound right. So someone took a razor blade, slashed, <laughs> slashed the amp and it
0: it made the perfect sound. And they were like, this is what we have to do now. We just have to slash all of our amps. <laughs> there was going on that, that, that reminds me of a story. I think Paul or John Lennon had talked about in the Beatles. uh Someone accidentally strummed the guitar next to the amp and they got that feedback and they were yeah. like, well, that's so cool. Like, yeah, do that to start off this next song and that's how we got I, I forgot what fucking song it was but I was like oh that's why there's fucking feedback at the beginning yeah. of the song because they thought it was cool and they did that
1: and I think. I mean that's why I tend to lean more towards that you know 80, 70s 60s 70s 80s music is just because how innovative they had to be in order to become popular mm-hmm. and how that those innovations created the music we have today
0: no, it's I don't know. Music history is so fucking fun. Um, you know, maybe down the road we can actually have clips of songs, um, to actually give examples rather than just talk about them. But like, yeah, it, it's fun to actually like go through and look and show you and be like, oh, know this? You've heard this before, yeah. And then you know, give examples and stuff. But, um, no, yeah, I man, I love music history, man. I love going it's, through and listening yeah. to old music.
1: Music has been my passion for a while now. Dude, music and sports, it's what I'm passionate about, and beer, I guess. that's but.
0: what fucking, that's what brought us together, that's what we had in this fucking podcast. Yeah. Um, Bonded over Passion Pit and MGMT. Oh, man, indie, indie classics, indie yeah. fucking bangers. Um, we don't have a ton of time left, I, you know, I have a, I have a whole thing I want to talk about, indie music, going off of that, but I'll save it for next week. Uh, it's more Paul McCartney stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um... But is there anything else you want to add before we uh before we sign off here? No, well, I think this has been a great episode. It's been a really good episode. A little, a little different because it's just two of us. We don't kind have, of yeah, it's kind of weird, but yeah, but it it you know I think it flowed really well. Just yeah. you know, um, but yeah, next week. So next week it'll be a little different. We this is our final episode in this space. So next week it'll be we sound a little differently. We're in a new room, new space, um, and new person. New person you as guys well. finally
1: get to hear from Brock,
0: yes, you'll hear Brock uh in his take on music, you know he you know he's a huge music lover you know he's he's a music savant, really like yeah. you know his favorite bands are you know whatever's currently playing on the radio <laughs> uh whatever is current just anything that's currently playing is his favorite. uh but no, no he he has a lot of cool takes and we're really excited to have him on um and um no it'll be cool it'll be it'll be fun and exciting. But uh, overall, that's going to conclude it. That's episode number 27, Riffs on Tap. You know, I've been your host, Alejandro, as well as Riley. Uh, if you would like to follow us, check out our socials, check out our playlist of music. You can go to riffsontap.com. Uh, that'll have all of our links there for the Twitter, the Instagram. Find us on Spotify. Find us on Apple Music. Uh, listen to uh, our playlist of music we have going on. That's being updated regularly. I know I've got stuff i got to update on that uh, soon, so I've got a lot of new music to share with y'all. Uh, but if you head to riffsontap.com, uh that's where you can get all the links to everything that we have going on. And, uh, you know, if you like what you heard, please uh, like, comment, subscribe, follow us. It really does us a lot. Share with a friend. Uh, that's your homework for this week. Please share this podcast with one other person. It really does mean a lot. But thank you all for listening and we will see y'all next week. Bye-bye.